That's not what we're talking about. We're going to get into something that's really going to bless you tonight. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 16. We're going to be in the book of John the entire night tonight. And we've been talking about obedience. About how we're to obey God right here in this world. Now, I believe the church, we have definite responsibility to be witnesses here on this earth of Jesus' victories. Right here in the devil's territory. Now, you say here on earth, yeah, he's called the God of this world. And you'll see through scripture several times that this is a name that's been given. to. Now, pick up with me, and this is just to review a little bit. John 16, verse number 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Now, the thing in me that it's talking about here, this is Jesus. Jesus is saying, in me, you may have peace. But in the world, you will have tribulation, pressure, stress, anguish, adversity, affliction. Now, he's just warning you here. That's part of living in this thing called world. How many of you today have battled a little stress, a little pressure, a little anxiety? Probably every one of us in here. This is part of the things that happens in the world. And he said, in this world, you will. Okay? He's just giving us a warning. But look what he says next. Jesus' words. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, there's two things in there that really stand out. One, he said, in me there's peace. And two... I'm the overcomer. So if you think about this, the only way you're going to have peace in this world is through Jesus. The rest of the stuff that comes around, that's artificial, guys. That stuff is not lasting peace. Jesus said, in me, you're going to have peace. So here's the bottom line. There's no shortcuts to kingdom peace, guys. The only way this happens is through Jesus. And the second thing, he said, I've overcome the world. The only way you're going to ever walk as an overcomer in this life, me too, is through Jesus. That's it. Through his blood, we overcome. And so he gives us two great nuggets right there tonight to understand if I don't have peace in my life, then I must not be hanging around Jesus. Now, this may, this may bear witness with some of you, but I know in my own life, guys, I can tell instantaneously when I get out of the peace of God. I love the peace of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, and when I get away from the peace of God, I sense it leave me. And you know what? I literally, I mean, my, my mind, my body, it tilts. It goes into panic mode almost like, what's going on? So you know what I always do? I start backtracking and I realize I've done something to sever my peace connection. And you know what it usually is? I've done something to grieve or quench the spirit or I've operated in some form of sin. And so I was, so you know what I do? Man, I get in back there and I start repenting. I get back right in my heart and I say, all right, Lord, I love your peace. Now, we're going to go backwards in John tonight a little bit. Go to the book of, of John verse, or chapter 14. John 14, and just look here at at verse number 30. Now look what Jesus says here. Once again, red letter words. 
He says, For I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. That's interesting right here that Jesus himself, he identifies the ruler of this world. And you know who he's talking about here? He's talking about Satan. So I want you to understand this completely tonight, guys. That the devil has access to this place called earth. He has legal authority to be here. It all took place in the garden. Remember in the Garden of Eden that God had given all his authority to mankind. And as long as they stayed in what God had asked them to do, they walked under that authority. But when they didn't, they now had given all their authority over to the devil. And so because of that, the devil has legal right to be here. If you ever hear someone pray that I'm going to bind the devil up in the depths of hell that he can't come out here, that's not even biblical right now, guys. Now the day will come when Jesus will do that. But until Jesus comes back, listen, he's got a right to be here. So in saying that, I'm warning you right now, as long as you're here, you're going to have to fight the devil. Now, I don't say that negative. I don't say that for you to go hibernate in your closet tonight. I say that to say, you know what? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, so we better start understanding who we are in Jesus. We better understand that. Look what he goes on to say here in the rest of this verse. For the ruler of this world is coming. The, the Amplified says there, the chief of this godless world is about to attack. But listen what he said. And he has nothing in me. Jesus is saying he had no foothold over my life and he has no authority over me. And so what this tells me, guys, when we start living under the, the, the life of Jesus and we start understanding who we are, let me tell you guys, we got to throw our authority around. And that's the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you guys, we can walk this earth victoriously, but you'll never do it until you understand fully who you are in Christ and you understand the blood of Jesus. Now, you know what? You can, you can talk back to the devil in Jesus' name. You don't have to fear him. Go back a couple books further to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And let's begin here in verse 42. Great passage here. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, the leaders, many believed in him. They believed in Jesus. In other words, they acknowledged him. But because of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they did not confess him. Least they should be put out of the synagogue. So I want you to look here real close to this. There were leaders of this time, guys, that they believed in Jesus, but because of fear of the religious leaders, they wouldn't confess him. They would not acknowledge him in that area. Verse 43. For they loved the praise of men, they loved the approval of men, the glory of men, more than the praise or the approval or the glory of God. So you know what this is saying here? They valued credit with men more than credit with God. Now that's a bad place when we get that way, guys. I can never, never, never put the approval of men above the approval of God. 
Keep reading. Verse 44. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. Verse 46. Now look what Jesus says here. I have come as a light into the world. I have come as a light into the world. Now this is what Jesus is saying. This is why he came to be a light in this place called the world. He goes on to say, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. The Amplified says they may not. And that word abide there means they may not live in darkness, they may not remain in darkness, and they may not stay in darkness. Now, you know what this tells me right here? If Jesus said, I came to be the light in this world in darkness, the only form of light that me and you could ever have is through Jesus. That's it, guys. There's no other way. And what happens so many times, we try to get our satisfaction off of this thing called the earth, the things that flow in this world. Now, this is what we've talked about week after week after week. Now, I can bear witness of this in my own life, that for years in my life, I thought, I thought the, the, the party life would bring fulfillment. I thought this would bring me fulfillment. How many of you have got, ever gotten a vehicle and you thought, oh my gosh, this is it. This, I've arrived. And it could be as little thing as thinking, you know what? We have desired to go on this seven-day cruise forever and we finally got to do it. We've arrived. And you know what you find out about every one of those things? That that car begins to get old. It gets rusty, it breaks down, and your kids spill stuff all over it. You get agitated, and then number you go on that cruise, and guess what happens with that cruise? That dude pulls back up in that port one day, and the captain says, get your tail off, you're done. So it's over. And so just the things of this world, all that comes from them, guys, is darkness. And so Jesus is saying, listen... You gotta start living in me. You gotta start letting the things of the kingdom. And I like when he says that you should not abide in darkness. He didn't say you can't abide. He said you should not. So you know what he's telling me and you? There's a huge choice for me and you. Every day. Now once again, the difference between light or darkness, you gotta ask yourself, is the thing I'm fixing to do in life, is it leading me to God? Or is it pulling me away from God? Is it dominating you? And once again, guys, the things of this world, they're not wrong until they start dominating you. Now, if you were here last week, I'm going to use this illustration one more time. I used the, the, we talked about pain. They just say you had pain in your body, incredible pain. And you went to the doctor and he said, listen, I'm going to give you some morphine to help you out. So you take that morphine. Well, that morphine started out. It was good. It was okay. You know what? It numbed the pain. It eased the pain. But so the next day, you know what you do? I got to have some more of that. I got to have some more of that. And before long, you're taking that two and three and four times a day. I got to have some more. So guess what? That morphine that started out good has now started dominating you. That's exactly what happens with the things of the world. Is, is football bad? No. And still it starts dominating you. When you say, you know what, I, 
I can't go to church today. The cowboys are on. I can't. And before long, guess what? The pool of something as simple as football. Now think about this. Every one of us in our life, we've had stuff that's pulled on us that way. Well, you know what that was? That's the world. And it could be totally different in this whole room. Every one of us could say something different. Look with me here. In the book, oh, let's just stay right there where we're at. Let me finish this. So he said, verse 46, I've come as light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Verse 47, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I don't judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, this is what Jesus, he said, you know what? I didn't come to the world to judge you. I came to save you. Keep reading. Verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last days. Now, it's easier to understand this in the Amplified. It says the very message that I have spoken will itself judge. So you know what Jesus is telling you right here? I got to start judging my life by the Word of God. And that Word of God, that if we'll judge ourselves right here on that earth with this, man, I'm going to tell you, it will cause you to line up or you'll run. You'll say, hell, I'm not doing that. Now, the thing is, is He's warning us here, the day's going to come whether you judge yourself with the Word here or right here before the end time, you're going to be judged by it. And so you look at the Word of God and you look at your life and you say, does my life line up to the Word of God? Because that's how I'm going to be judged. And this is what Jesus is warning us. He's giving us full warning here, guys. This is something that's going to happen to every one of us. Verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that His command is for everlasting life, or His command is for eternal life. Therefore, whatever I speak, I just speak as the Father has told me, so I speak. Now, we're going to jump into verse or, or chapter 13 here. Begin with me right there in verse 1. John 13, verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come, that He should depart from this world... To the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, think about what he's saying here. Jesus said, I know I'm getting ready to depart from this world right here. Then he goes on to say, having loved his own who were in the world. You know he was talking about? The disciples, believers. Where were they at? Right here in the world. And Jesus said, man, I love those guys. I loved them. And so I believe that when he looks down at us, you know what? He still does the same thing. He loves us, us ones that are still here in this world. You know why? He knows exactly what we're going through. And and he loved them to the end, guys. Until the very end. Verse 2. And supper being ended... The devil had already put it into the heart or the thoughts of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Jesus. And Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God. 
He rose up from supper, laid aside his garment, and took a towel, and he girded himself. The Amplified says it was a servant's towel. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wash them with the towel which he was girded. Now, when I look at this, this says humility all over it. This says the heart of a servant. This says to me that Jesus himself said, I'm not above, I'm not too good to this. And this was one of the most dramatic expressions of all that Jesus would sit here and show us, model to us, to act this out. Now this, guys, I believe was an expression of his, his love. Who was it an expression of his love for? Well, what do we read in verse 1? Having loved his own were who were in the world. And so here Jesus knows my days are numbered here. I'm fixing to part. And so after this meal, he starts washing these guys' feet. You know what I see Jesus telling me and you here? This is real ministry right here. Jesus was saying, listen boys, you don't need a title. You don't need a position. You don't need a pulpit. You just need to have a heart of a servant. And I believe this is what he was telling us. And if you look at the heart of Jesus once again, he was aimed at people. People that he dearly loved, that he dearly valued. Now let's read on this a little bit farther. Verse 6. Then he came to Simon Peter. And Peter said to him, Lord, now look how he addressed him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what, am I, what I am doing you don't understand now, but you will know after this. In other words, you're going to understand the meaning of humility, buddy. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Now, remember Peter had a problem with putting his foot in his mouth. Peter talked too much. But I believe right here, when Peter said this to Jesus, you'll never wash my feet, you know what I believe he was telling him? Peter was acting like he was full of humility. In other words, Lord, you're not going to do that. Actually, Peter, I believe, was trying to be politically correct here. But when Peter said this, look what Jesus responds back to Peter with. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And so you know what Jesus is telling him here? There's some mutual companionship here, buddy. And you know what Jesus is telling him? If you don't learn to humble yourself, even in this act, then you have no part with me. And I believe right here Jesus is telling us twofold here. That me and you are called to be refreshed in our life, but we're also called to be refreshers. There's times in each one of our life that we need to learn to play both roles. Now keep reading what he says here. So Simon Peter said, Lord, not my feet only but also my hands and my head. So Peter's saying, now, hey, if you're going to do it, just give me the works. Just work me over. Verse 10. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean. Now, when Jesus said this, you are clean, guys. 
You know what he's talking about here, guys? He's saying you're clean. In other words, you have no sin. Because the only thing that washes away our sin is the blood of Jesus. Now, this act right here of washing Peter's feet, once again, guys, this had nothing to do with sin in his life. Jesus addressed that here. He said, listen, listen. You're clean. And you who's clean, all you need to do is to wash your feet. Now, look what he goes on to say. But not all of you are clean. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, not all of you are clean. So he was talking here about the one who wasn't clean was Judas Iscariot. And Judas had this in his heart. So Jesus right here identifies. Not all of you are clean. So I begin to think about this. What actually was Jesus referring here to? If he wasn't referring to our sins. I believe this is what he was referring to. That every day. In their society, for them to walk in the world, they got dirt on their feet. Every one of them. They could not help that. And so when I look at this, you know what I believe they were doing? They were coming in contact with the world. And when we come in contact with the world, it gets on us whether we like it or not. It's like every one of us today. If you went, got up and you went to work, you contacted the world. If you went to the bank today, you contacted the world. If you went shopping today, you contacted the world. Is that wrong? No. It's not wrong, but what happens with us when we continually touch the world day after day after day after day, you know what happens to us? We begin to get fatigued. We get uh, uh, worn out. Even to the tune of, of the daily function of this world, just how life begins to pull on you. And that may be what happens. Some of you may look and say, oh, it was a rough day. It was a hard day. Now, I begin to think about this, how we're exposed to things every day, whether we want to be or not. We live here in West Texas. And when these incredible dust storms come, it affects every one of us. It gets in your house. Some of you say, not my house, it's tight. Well, it gets in your car, not my car. Well, if you go out, you're going to get it. It's going to get on you no matter what. And so guess what happens? That's kind of how the ways of the world are. Just because of doing the daily activities that we are touched by the world, whether we want to be or not. And so that's what Jesus was telling them. Just through you going through the streets here today, you contacted the world. Now look what Jesus goes on to say here in verse 13. Uh, let's start back in verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, he had taken his garment and sat down again, and he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and so you say, Well, for so I am. This is a true servanthood, guys, and you begin to see this wasn't beneath Jesus' dignity, but in his actions. Now look what he goes on to say. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And so he's saying, listen, boys, there's a little bit more to this than just calling me Lord, Lord. There's a thing called humility. 
Look what he goes on to say, verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. What a command. Moshe, surely I say to you, a servant, and I highlight that, a servant, a servant, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Now, look what he goes on to say here. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them, if you practice them. See, I say this today, and I, I got really tickled when, when the praise and worship team was singing that song. If you're tired and thirsty. And I believe it in times in our life, just through the course of the day, Sometimes we can come in here tired. Sometimes we can come in here wore out. Sometimes people come in here. And you know what? I don't know what you've all gone through this day. You don't know what I've gone through this day. But you know what Jesus said to us? The things I've done, you do them to each other. And many of you today, you feel like that all hell's broke loose. You know, that, that the devil has come after you in full force. You know, the scriptures say that when an enemy comes in like a flood, I'll set up a standard against him. Well, just because that scripture's real in life doesn't mean the battles of that don't wear us out. Uh, you praise and worship, guys. Come back up here, please. And so in our own lives, guys, when we walk through the earth, this, this daily trip, this daily journey, Jesus had enough love for his fellow believers. And you know what he said? I want to refresh you. I want this to be symbolic. And you know what I found out when I read this and I study this more and more? There in 1 Peter 5, it says God gives grace to the humble. But he resists the proud. Guess what happens when I wash Donald's feet? There's a humility that comes upon him for me to do it to him, but there's a humility that comes on me to do it for him. And God said, I give grace to the humble. And I believe this, guys, when we act this out, there is an anointing of grace that will come upon us, an anointing of humility. And I can stand before you tonight and I can say this, that in the times of my life, then, then, then I've been associated with uh, feet washing ceremonies. I've had the mentality, you ain't washing my feet. You're not washing my feet. It's not because my feet stink, but because almost within me I'm like, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not, I'm not to that point in my life. I'll wash your, but you're not washing mine. And see, this is exactly what Jesus said to Peter. He said, listen, buddy. you guys go ahead and fill them up. You're not going to bother me. This is what Jesus said. He said, listen, buddy, if you don't let me do it, then you have no part in me. And so Jesus just wanted a blessing, but Jesus modeled that to us. Stand on your feet with me. And so this is how we're going to end tonight. And some of you, man, your, your little head is freaking out right now. I've never done this, Pastor. Well, Jesus gave us commands here, guys. And let me read it to you again. He said, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
And so, guys, we got buckets down here, and it's not cold water, it's warm water. It may be hot water, I don't know. But I believe as the praise and worship team starts singing again, and we're going to worship the Lord, that if you're, if you're tired and weary tonight, if you say, man, Pastor, it took everything I had today just to come to church. I believe He's going to anoint you tonight. He's going to put an oil of refreshing on you and that grace is going to be, bring a humility to you. And you say, who's supposed to water us whose feet? Who's supposed to do that? Well, you know what? I believe that's up to each one of us. And you know, you may be here tonight and you may be able to look at, at JJ and say, JJ, you've blessed me. I want to wash your feet. Or you come to another one, but you know what? I've prayed, guys, and I've prayed and the Lord said, this is going to be a significant Wednesday night that I'm going to release some things. So here's the deal. If you got to go, I respect your time. It's one minute till eight. I did well tonight. You may go if you need to. If this is freaking you out, don't go, stay. God will bless you guys. It's going to be great. To respect your time. If you need to go, go. If you if you need to go get your children, go get your children. We're going to worship God here. And then we're just going to let God minister to us.